self-development with tactics. So we're gonna go ahead with MetaHuman. Um, it might be the case that I'm gonna finish it up today. It might also not be the case. I don't know, but we're gonna see. Consciousness occurs outside the limits of the physical body. Neuroscientists can say several things about the brain. However, there are some apparently easy questions that even the most respected scientists see themselves unable to answer. Questions such as, for instance, what is a thought? Why are thoughts not predictable? Where exactly are several memories and information, such as the memory of our beloved birthday or the spelling of the word cat, found within the brain? Neuroscientists are unable to answer these questions since your thoughts are formed by your consciousness and your consciousness is different from your brain. As a matter of fact, your consciousness occurs beyond the limits of your body as specific varieties of human experience display. One of these, ex I'm sorry, one of these uh, varieties comes with near-death experiences, which have been extensively recorded throughout history and across culture. Apparently, this is the case, nearly all the people who have experienced these also mentioned experiencing a specific phenomenon, which is called the out-of-body experience, which you know might be something that you have had as well because of drug abuse. No, anyway. <laughs> people that have experienced a near-death incident usually state remaining conscious as through the process of dying and being revived and it's normal for them to recall allowing their bodies and floating above themselves in some unusual cases people who have experienced near death are even able to report back in surprising detail everything that occurred while they were medically speaking dead their consciousness is alive even in the instance where their brain has stopped working the question then is are we alive after death? You know, since, you know, it apparently is possible. You don't have to be one of the verge of, you don't have to be on the verge of death to get an experience that exceeds the physical limits of your body. As a matter of fact, 8 to 15% of the population is calculated to have experienced some kind of out-of-body experience, which is amazing, I think. These whole illustrations have a thing in common. The presence of consciousness outside the body's physicality cases about consider soldiers who are injured during fights without excessive pain for one or yogis who can meditate peacefully in spots of severe physical stress there basically no uncertainty that our consciousness is limited to our bodies it occurs outside physical limits since consciousness itself is limitless and infinite we get to the infinite potentials of meta reality hence by triggering the infinite possibilities of our consciousness. However, how can one do this precisely? The following chapters will take you down the road. Chapter 6. The path to meta-reality starts with nurturing the mind-body connection. Meta-reality is everlasting, timeless and endless. Your access point to this endlessness is the here and now, anywhere and whenever you are. The first phase on your journey is to train your body and mind in the now, allowing ideas of the past and future trade or fate, the best manner to accomplish this is by exercising mindfulness. Mindfulness is a kind of waking meditation. You convey absolute unmedi 
unmediated awareness to your experience of your body and your feelings when you practice mindfulness. You've most likely come across the idea of mindfulness before, maybe through mindfulness meditation, a kind of meditation where you register or register the physical feelings of your body, the tuck and pull of your feelings and the shape of your feelings. Instead of attempting to enforce being or enforce meaning on any of these, you basically register them, allowing them to flow through you. Nowadays, mindfulness meditation is releasing greater fame than ever before, all thanks to apps and online courses that build mindfulness as a tool to cope with stress. However, while it can cope with stress, it also be used to do a lot of things when practiced correctly. Using a strong tool mally to cope with the day-to-day stress is just like using a power drill such power drill such such as a paper hole punch. Therefore, rather than using mindfulness only to get through your morning shuttle, use your mindfulness practice to unraveling your connection to meta reality. You might likely be stunned at what you can achieve. Here are some training to help you begin. Firstly, tune into your perceived reality at the actual root of perception, which is your five senses. Relax into the current moment and allow yourself to the flow of things occurring around you by going back to the fundamentals, such as light, warmth, and also smell. Notice these experiences as you relax into them. Let your perceptions grow easily, deeper, and also richer. Afterward, begin to enlarge your perceived reality. The perceived reality the majority of us feel is the smallest fraction of the sensory experiences that surround us. Grasp your hand over your ears or switch off the lights in your house when it's nighttime and attempt to go from one room to another. Note what you're able to feel as soon as you have this pen what? As as soon as you have deepened your engagement with your perceived reality. Afterwards, when you raise your hand or switch on your lights, sensory experience all flows back in. Note how you've, how you've perceived reality enlarges when it does, and how much more perception is likely when you take away your self-imposed restrictions. Probabilities are that you, co- that you subconsciously restrict and edit your perception of reality on a regular basis. As soon as you become conscious of this, you'll see yourself determined to remove those arbitrary restrictions and to connect to meta-reality. Learn how to remove mental conditioning and you will see your real self. Humans continuously convert immaterial notions into material things to provide the abstract with concrete presence. We convert intangible concepts such as money or love into tangible physical things such as a $50 bill or a wedding ring. The technical word for this process is reification, the inclination to lessen an immaterial notion to its concrete deception or depiction, I'm sorry. Also, the human self is an infinitely huge immaterial experience. Physically, we are constantly changing creatures consisting of complex kinds of biological processes. Still, our mind reify ourselves into a fixed state, that of the quote-unquote body. At a mental state, we do precisely the same thing. At its origin, the true self is infinite, immaterial and consistently changing or constantly changing. Still, as we are present in the world, we accumulate fixed features that restrict our potential. Caught in a twisted network of views, social frameworks, mental conditioning, experience and beliefs, our sense of self turns refined. Due to that, we turn down our real infinite potential. To go back to the real self, it's essential to undoing these processes of reification. Loosening the processes that shape your whole idea of yourself is a task that could go on for a lifetime. Definitely, however, that's the reason it's really essential to tackle it step by step. 
Here's an easy exercise to assist you to begin removing the false descriptions and limiting features that constrict your real infinite self. Firstly, understand that from what that that from the instance you're born, you go into a world that has been translated already for you. You take over the structures and systems produced by thousands of years of meaning making. Humans coming up with clarifications and means of thinking that assist them to understand their world. The deeper you become fixed in the structures and systems of perceived reality, the more you journey from your real self, the origin of inspiration, creativity and authenticity and infinite potential. Endeavor and go back to your real self by providing yourself the task of having one real thought. A thought that doesn't imitate a thought from either a book or a movie. A thought that doesn't develop from memory. A thought that emanates from deep inside the real self. It's really not likely that you'll suddenly be able to create original thought. However, this practice will reveal your eyes to the mental conditioning that restricts your consciousness. Chapter 8. Initiate your creative potential with consciousness. During the course of human existence, a lot of people have attempted in vain to determine and define the origin of human creativity. According to the Greeks, it was the nine muses, goddesses that gave preferred mortals creative talent. For romantic poets such as uh, Wordsworth and College, creativity was an unpredictable flash of inspiration that just showed for a lucky few. In reality, the origin of creativity lies in meta-reality, which is accessible to every one of us. Deep creativity happens when a person sees that which lies ahead of the conventions of daily reality. William Shakespeare didn't only hire Elizabeth, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Elizabethan vocabulary to make his plays, he organized this vocabulary in a new and original manner. Vincent van Gogh didn't only mix various colors in his paintings, he used color, shade, and tone to innovate a unique manner of, interpre- of interpreting the world he lived in. Just like us, Shakespeare and Van Gogh lived in a mind-made reality. However, the guidelines that shape this reality are self-imposed. We make and support them ourselves. When you get to a state of pure awareness, you will see through the arbitrary nature of these guidelines and start to see new methods in which reality can be shaped. Creativity happens when an unconventional knowledge of the universe shows in a physical state. It is enticing, then, to accept as true that creativity occurs in two states, the mental and the physical. As a matter of fact, everything is one. A painting is different from the wish to paint or the knowledge of how to paint. These three things are all parts of the exact creative intelligence. By accessing meta-reality, you as well can move past the rules of perceived reality and release your own creative potential. Here's a practice to get you begun on this path. So let's see, you know, I'm excited. And this is going to be the last paragraph of the whole thing. So it should be good. Think of a small object, a button, for instance, or your house keys or a shoelace. Think of the fact that these whole things are concepts that have taken physical form. Now think of a bigger object, such as the stage of liberty. It as well is a concept then that has taken physical form. Think of yourself in a mirror and know that you as well are infinite creativity in a physical shape. Quickly, you will stop linking creativity with a form and begin tapping into creativity itself at its origin, which is meta-reality. So what I'm seeing there is, if you have your house keys and you're having a stage of liberty or statue or whatever, the statue of liberty 
stands for something. It stands for liberty. It is a personification, uh, the physical form, as, as the author also points out, of, of liberty quite. So now, what are our house keys standing for? It's actually a really nice way to get to some, some quite crazy ideas. Your house keys might stand for safety, security, maybe also, um, what is this word called? Um, you know, being, 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 being safe in thoughts and, 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 well, also kind of being happy, being, you know, being sure of something, being sure that everything that is in your house is safe. It's, you know, your, your keys are like, no, there's so much you can get out of this. This is actually quite insane. Um, what can your keys also stand for? Um, you know, the, the right puzzle piece since you're just, you know, putting it into the lock and then it just unlocks the whole thing. But maybe it doesn't. What if it doesn't? You know, what, what happens then? Then you're unable to to open this chest. What does a chest stand for? Something valuable. You know, the, 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 the key to something valuable, the... Um, the way to get something valuable. It's like a map. Keys like a map. You know, to a treasure. That you're finding somewhere. It's actually insane. What crazy fucking shit you can come up with. So what are shoelaces for? Shoelaces also stand for security. You know, having security in your shoes. They stand for um, tighten things up. They can... Um, they can bind something together, shoelaces, they stand for maybe also hard work if you think about the cotton that was picked or the, it might also stand for, for slavery, therefore, you know, cotton picking and slavery, which is actually some insane thing. So, so what about me then? If I think about a me as, as, as a human being, what could I stand for? What could I stand for? What 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 do I stand for? You know, I by the way hope that this is the right exercise, but it, it definitely unlocks some creative paths. So what about what about me then? This is actually a pretty good question. Or what about humans then in general? What do I stand for? Or what do I want myself to stand for? Maybe this is a better question to ask. Well, I mean, I, I can actually be everything. I'm just a shell. And, and I was given some, you know, I was, I, I was given something. I was given talents. At least I think they are my talents. And my experience also told me that these are my talents. But who says that I'm not limiting myself in terms of them? Like, I have seen that, okay, they work for me and I'm, I'm quite good. It, it's insane. I actually like this, this creative you know, this, this creative thought. So let's actually just take something else because I want to practice it a bit. I'm having a, a pen in my, in my hand. It's having dark ink. So this, this pen is, this pen is knowledge. This pen is, this pen is um, communication. This pen is, I hope that I'm getting this right, by the way. It is a concept that has taken physical form. 
Well, this definitely is communication. This is talking. What is something that is not physical, but is represented by a pen? Communication. Communication is nothing physical. But communication, on the other hand, is also um, shown through letters and, and stuff like that. And words. But words, per se, are also not physical. So this pen is words. This pen is made out of words. Um, this pen... This pen is power. Words are power. This pen is... I mean, there's some really fucking crazy shit you can come up with this technique. Of course, you... you the only thing you have to be able is to, to think... Um, but maybe it's just associations. But I mean, I then can see the associations that I'm having with it. Like this pen, okay, it's maybe it's creativity, you know, which might be linked to to my artistic background. Like I don't know. W what is this phone? What is this phone? Also, quite a lot of things. But yeah, I think that I'm gonna end the episode. I hope that at least the last thing, at least as far as I've understood it. Maybe I'm actually going to record another episode on that since it's actually very interesting. Maybe I'm actually going to read the book since it's quite interesting. But yeah, going to end the episode there. So I wish you the best. See you soon. Bye-bye.